Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify Ask the Experts. Our weekly podcast and video show offers Shopify's ecosystem of brand owners, store developers, app providers, investors, and marketing agencies, insights from case studies and discussions with marketing and e-commerce experts. Grow faster with tips, tricks, and proven strategies and learn what's new in e-commerce digital marketing for 2022 and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our next episode of Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan. I'm your show host. I'm also the Director of Business Development at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, welcome to today's show. Today, we're talking about using Google Ads' new Performance Max campaigns to take your Shopify stores to the next level. Our guest, well, I call him an OGG. I'll tell you more about what that means in a minute. But uh, he's the developer of Google AdWords and the latest technology-driven solutions to optimize Google Ad e-commerce campaigns. He'll be joining us in just a moment from the West Coast in California, Silicon Valley. But before I introduce you to our guest, of course, I want to tell you a little bit more about our app. Our app is called SMS Messaging for Shopify Stores, and you can find it after today's show by going to www.ngage.com. That's N-G-A-G-G-E.com, engage.com. There you're going to find an app that is not only going to give you so many benefits, especially if you're a Shopify store owner, but it's going to give you the chance to build your customer list faster. It's going to give you the opportunity to increase sales, save time with automations, and promote products with targeted personalized campaigns. Right now, email has about a 20% open rate. I think it might even be a little bit lower, but SMS messaging has a 98% open rate. So you want to be where your customers are. You want to be on your cell phone, their mobile devices, and you want to be hitting them with targeted automated campaigns and messages. And that's what you can do with our app. So check it out at the end of the podcast at www.ngagge.com. It's called the SMS Messaging for Shopify Store app. All right. Without further ado, it is time for me to introduce you to today's guest expert. His name is Fred Valles. And if you don't know who Fred is, you need to. He's joining us from Los Altos, California today, but he originally grew up in Belgium. And when I refer to Fred as an OGG, I'm talking about Fred is one of the original Google gangsters. He was one of Google's first employees, got the chance to not only be in the building before anybody else was hired, but he got a private concert. Like, he's kind of a big deal. He is a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, author, and leading influencer in pay-per-click search marketing. Besides being one of Google's first 500 employees, he helped pioneer PPC marketing and the company's first AdWord evangelist. Today, he serves as a co-founding CEO of Optimizer, a leading and award-winning PPC management platform. He has recently published a book, his first book called Digital Marketing in an AI World, Future-Proofing Your PPC Agency. That was in 2019. And he's currently working on another book about automation and how to use it to gain a competitive advantage. For those of you watching our video show, he just flashed that book. We'll talk more about that in a minute. 
For those of you listening on the podcast, well, we'll fill you in. Don't worry. You're not missing too much, except I do notice a Captain America shield behind him. And knowing that he's like the proud papa to three kids, I feel like that might be his like, I don't know, the shield like, hey, when I'm in my home office, kids, when you see me put the shield up, give me a little, you know, give me a little space. Got to be hard to be a dad of three. Need it for defense while I'm not saving. There you go. Daddy defense. It's your daddy defense mechanism. Uh, Fred is also a sought after industry thought leader. He contributes to leadership marketing publications and conferences and is routinely called upon by journalists, writers, and podcasters like myself for his industry insight and vision. Fred, welcome to our show, Digital Marketing Intelligence. We're talking Shopify. Thank you for being our guest expert. Thank you for having me on, Marissa. It's great to be here. Fantastic introduction. Love it. Well, hey, you earned all all of those sentences. You've earned all of that accolades and the kudos there. I just was the one to, to spread spread the love. You have quite an interesting background. One of Google's you know, first employees, I think that's really neat. You did a lot for Google in the space of AdWords, and now you are a co-founder of Optimizer. I think just to start off to you know today's topic of using Google and Performance Max to advertise your Shopify store, that's what we're going to dive into But before we do that, I always love to give our guests the chance to talk more about exactly what you're doing now, because a lot of our guests are agency owners, app developers, or there's some place that's going to help our audience. So tell us more about what you're doing at Optimizer. Yeah. So when I was working at Google, I was very involved in all the product stuff. And it was dawning on me that Google is trying to serve so many advertisers, so many customers that they can't really do the best job for certain very specific niches. And uh, so there's these best practices that are very difficult to do. uh, And everyone knows they should be doing them, but they take too much time. So they end up not doing them enough. And that was an opportunity for me and my co-founders. We said, hey, let's go and build some of these tools that we know would really help advertisers out and uh, see if anyone wants to subscribe. And that was nine years ago. And so we built a PPC management platform and suite. Uh, won many awards along the way. Lots of advert. We're managing about $4 billion with a B worth of uh, Google ad spending wow. for uh, you know thousands upon thousands of accounts. And, uh, and that's what we do. So yeah, we help people do more in less time and get better results and be really happy with their advertising. Fantastic. Well, I'm on your website right now and it says it right there. Digital marketing teams worldwide stay in control, manage more accounts in less time and make PPC management less complex with Optimizer. And what's so great is you offer a free trial and also a demo just like we do on our website as well. And I do see there's even another version, Optimizer Lite for single brands with less than 10,000 in ad spend. So that's fantastic. Obviously, you realized your base model, or not your base model, your deluxe model, uh, wasn't the right fit for maybe some of the smaller businesses, maybe startups and people who are just getting into the e-commerce space. So you also offer a little kind of a, a little adjusted program for people. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and that's what we realized, right? So I came in having, I mean, this was my life for the last 25 years almost, was how do you get the most out of PPC and like, Day in, day out, this is why I, why I breathe and live. But then there's all these people, like you said, they're focused on building a business. They're f- uh, focused on mm-hmm. inventory, like designing a new product. And so then marketing is one of the, the things they know they should be doing to get more customers, but it's not their day in, day out. And so this is really for them. It's to get them started. And we can still point you to things 
from a, an auditing perspective, like are you using best practices when it comes to the types of keywords you're using, the types of campaigns? Mm. Um, and then as you start to get more into it and you're like, yeah, this is really working. I want to take that to the next level. That's when Optimizer Core, the uh, the standard solution that we have comes yeah. into play. And Optimizer Lite, by the way, it's completely free for those uh, smaller advertisers. So it's really just to, uh, to whet your appetite a little bit. I think that's cool. That's almost like a starter program. Like, come on board. It's going to like preschool before you go to kindergarten and then you graduate. And hopefully the business grows enough that Optimizer can be your go-to. Yeah. No, and, and I think like in a Shopify sense too, Shopify makes it so easy to get started with Google ads. I mean, there's all these plugins that many of the developers listening today have probably built to just take your products and put up some ads for it. Yeah. And that's great, right? That gets you kickstarted. But once you start seeing like that opportunity and you want to get into, I mean, we work with advertisers, like the largest advertisers on Google, they spend upwards of half a billion dollars a year. That's it on B with a B. This is tons and tons of money, right? And obviously they got some pretty sophisticated techniques um, and that's really where we want to help advertisers get to so that you bridge that gap from newbie to not quite at that highest level, but somewhere like where you have a sweet spot because there's so much competition, Melissa and uh, Marissa. Um, and like, if you don't pay attention to your ads, you're just going to fall by the wayside. And uh, yeah. that's not the thing. Well, I'm excited to hear more about your insights today. And you've put together a nice list for us of a few main things that you want to touch on. So for those of you watching on our video, I'm going to pop up an outline. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'll read through what I've shared on the screen. But we're talking about using Google and Performance Max to advertise your Shopify store. First, we'll talk trends. We'll talk trends on Google in terms of the economic climate, what advertisers are doing. Then we'll talk a little bit how Google is migrating advertisers from smart shopping to these new Performance Max campaigns. Not going to lie, um, Fred, I've never heard of Performance Max until we connected. So I'm very interested in this. Then you're going to share with us some great tips for e-commerce advertisers who really want the best results from running their ads on Google. And you'll also share some of your favorite automations for advertisers on Google. So I'm excited about today's show just because some of this I feel like I know a little bit about and some of it's very new to me. So I'm ready to dive into our lesson today. Let's start with you sharing with myself and our audience some of the trends you're seeing on Google for advertisers in today's current economy. Yeah, I mean, let's start with the current economy, right? I think that's yeah. one of the big question marks that everyone has. And so we've been doing this for nine years. We got lots of data, many, many accounts, and we started looking inside that data set. And we saw that when the pandemic first hit, we there was a decline of about seven to eight percent decline in spend per account that we see sort of on a median basis. So that was a pretty significant drop. And that was due to the fact that people didn't know what was happening. They'd never seen this before. So they just dialed back a lot of the advertising to see how things would play out. Obviously, verticals like travel much more impacted than other verticals and some many verticals, probably many of you listening today. This, these were the glory days, right? Because all of a sudden, everyone was buying online. They couldn't go to stores. So Shopify, fantastic. Now, what we're seeing in uh, the more recent times with the economic uncertainty that we have, the inflation, um, the, 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 the Russian invasion of Ukraine, in Q1, we saw about a 4% decline in spend per account. So it's about half the decline that we saw with the pandemic. And then from Q1 to Q2, it was actually pretty steady. So I think people had a bit of a shock of uncertainty. 
Yeah. But now things seem to be relatively stable within that. Um, before those advertisers that are seeing these impacts, uh, higher prices may be leading to fewer consumers buying uh, luxury goods, things that are not not a necessity. Um, you may have to reduce the software that you have. You may have to reduce your headcount. And so we definitely see a trend towards automation as well, doing more with less. Uh, and that's actually a trend that we've been seeing for many, many years. And Google started this. Google wants to automate, it seems like, every single thing you do in Google advertising. And the reason they want to automate stuff is because they, they, they think too many advertisers simply do it wrong. And mm -hmm. you do it wrong, you don't get great results, and then you say, hey, it's not working, so I'm going to shut off my ads. That's bad for Google's revenue. It's also bad for you as an advertiser, of course, because there's a lot of potential on Google ads, but you just haven't been able to figure it out. Uh, right, So Google puts in place automation. Uh, and in fact, one of my favorite quotes was a couple of years ago, they do this annual Google Marketing Live event. Uh, and they got up on stage, one of the, the SVPs for ads, and he said, Google ads is advertising that works for everyone. And that was a key point, right? Because so often it works well for people who know what they're doing because there's so many mistakes you can make. Uh, and mm. you can make if you want. But, uh, but automation simplifies it and makes sure that those basic mistakes don't happen. But on the flip side, because you kind of go to a, a lowest common denominator from automation, you also do lose some opportunities if you don't put your human insight and intellect on top of those automations from Google. So being automated is great, but you don't want to be on autopilot. You still want to put your, um, as you said, your human expertise and, and, um, impressions, discovery, exactly. testing, whatever. Contextualize. As humans, I think we do a lot of contextualization of what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and so a good example of that would be, uh, I mean, you look at an account now, right? So if it has a decline in spend to the machine that's determining bidding and budgeting, it's like, oh, well, there seem to be fewer people searching for bicycles. Okay, but why is that? You as a human who've been selling bicycles for the last 10 years, Oh, yeah. Well, when the pandemic started, all of a sudden, everybody wanted to be on a bike because they didn't want to take public transit and be with other people. Right. So there was a huge increase in the number of bicycles sold for a while. And now a couple of years down the road, everybody who wanted a bike probably has a bike. So there might be a little bit of a slowdown in the velocity of people buying bikes. Um, and so you explain it. And so you can then say, well, um, based on that, maybe we we pitch a different benefit of these bikes. So when it comes to advertising, maybe we have to talk more about why the new version of bikes has maybe a bigger electric motor or it's a little bit faster or it's a little bit safer. By the way, one of my favorite things is you can use Google Trends and you can type in for every vertical, a couple of keywords. And so automotive is a fascinating example of this. For automotive, you can say um, safety, speed and fuel economy. You put in these three terms you say, I want to know how many people search for these things related to the automotive industry. And then you can see anytime the gas price shoots up, fuel efficiency is a thing people care about. And then the rest of the year, um, safety, by the way, nobody cares about safety. <laughs> That's, uh, then it's performance. Yeah. Right? And it's performance and looks. I feel like automotive is yeah. all about, obviously, you want a car that's going to last. But a lot of people, especially in the U.S. and Europe specifically, they care about how it looks and the performance. It's crazy. Exactly. I mean, it's a bit yeah. of a status symbol, right? So yeah. but then that, that helps you as a seller of these types of products, whether it's automotive or bicycles or whatever it is you sell, 
you get in touch with what is it that people are looking for right now. And then even if you see a decline in the general demand for that item, at least you know how to make more of an impact. And this is really about marketing now, right? There's so much of PPC, uh, digital advertising. It's been about crunching spreadsheets and doing manual calculations of how much should I bid? What should my keywords be? But now we actually get to put on our marketer's hat and figure out, well, what's going to resonate with the consumer? Like what, what where's the demand? Well, what is it that we can help satisfy? And one thing I think uh, has been a takeaway from previous episodes is, you know, from the marketing perspective is pay attention to what your competitors are doing mm -hmm. because you can learn a lot from their mistakes or their successes, you know, um, seeing what words they're using or, or what, what things they're doing, obviously, when it comes to keywords and um, even seeing what their reviews say or don't say um, can really help, you know, help you to build out your assets and maybe also know what their customers are missing or or wanting or loving about their products that you may or may not have, you know, exactly. of your product. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, Marissa, I think that's even more important in Google ads because the way that the ads are ranked isn't just based on how much somebody's willing to pay, but there's also a quality score component. And so that's mm -hmm. the relevance of the ad to the consumer. Because remember, Google takes money when the ad is clicked. It's a cost per click model. So showing an ad a thousand times and nobody clicks on it, that's horrible for Google. So they have this quality score thing, which is basically for every hundred times we give you an impression, how many clicks do we expect that to get? An ad that gets 10 clicks is twice as relevant as an ad that only gets five clicks. And then again, mm. back to the money for Google because they get paid for these clicks. So the ad that gets two times as many clicks as the other one only has to pay half as much to maintain that winning position. Um, and so it, it's really interesting that in Google, what is your competitor saying? Because that is a large part of what attracts the consumer to interact with that ad. And now, to click and make it easier for that consumer, your, your competitor to stay above you. Right. Exactly. So you got to follow them at least a little bit, but don't do it too much because then, yeah. you know, a friend of mine says, uh, be a unicorn in a sea of donkeys. Um, <laughs> you know, if everyone's a donkey and everyone's doing the same thing, right. that'd get pretty boring, right? So like then figure out, okay, maybe, maybe we do the same thing, but we say it differently. So we mm -hmm. stand out and that attracts attention. And then again, that boosts your click-through rate, boosts your quality score. It means you have to pay less to maintain that position in the uh, ad rank. Totally not related, but your mention of unicorns just cracks me up because yesterday I saw a meme and it was two unicorns standing on an island or what looked like an island. And in the distance was Noah's Ark leaving with two of every animal. And the unicorn, I think, I think it said like one unicorn, you know, looked at the other unicorn was like, oh, shoot, was that today? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so funny. But I like that. Don't be, be a unicorn in a sea of donkeys. Yeah. And then that's, uh, I have to attribute that to Larry Kim. Uh, who was in the PPC space before. Now he runs SurveyMonkey. Uh, no, sorry, he runs MobileMonkey. Um, but yeah, so that's a great quote. Great quote. Really, really, really put, puts the vision out there of what you should be doing. Well, speaking, obviously, of the way that Google makes money, right, on, on the pay-per-click model, let's talk a little bit about Google migrating advertisers from smart shopping to this new Performance Max campaigns. Can you tell me more about Performance Max? Because... This is new to me, for sure. I'm sure m many of our audience members are like, yeah, what is that? Or maybe they've yeah, just exactly. heard of it. 
Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So the Google advertising universe is massive, right? So I think last quarter was something like 60 plus billion dollars of revenue from Google. And the majority of that revenue comes from advertising. And so there's many different campaigns types, uh, campaign types. So you have search campaigns where you put in keywords and then based on those keywords, your text ad gets shown to people. And then you have display ads where your ads will show on the display network. This could be remarketing ads to people who visited your website before. Now, uh, all of this has gotten pretty complicated. So if you're kind of a, a more novice advertiser and you say, well, I, I just want to take advantage of all of this, these things that Google has to offer, you literally have to set up seven different campaign types. And then each campaign type has its own unique settings. And if you do it wrong, like I said, like if you pick keywords that are too broad, on a search campaign, you're probably gonna get pretty lousy results. So Google said, we gotta simplify this. So they came out with this new campaign type, it's called Performance Max. And it asks you just a handful of questions, keeps it very easy. And then they just figure out, okay, where should we show this ad? What should the ad look like? And how much should we bid for it? And at the end of the day, you get results, right? So you get to see how many conversions you've driven and you put in the budget, but most of the rest of the work is up to Google. Um, when it comes to shopping advertisers, so within the shopping world, there's two types of campaigns. There's shopping, uh, shopping campaigns and smart shopping campaigns. Shopping campaign is the one we recommend because it's the one with the most control. But smart shopping works really well for the more novice advertiser. And that smart shopping campaign, that is being absorbed right now into the new Performance Max campaign type. So that's why it is important. Uh, to many of the listeners today, because you're probably in that category that might be seeing that migration. Okay. And just to make sure I understand your set, wait, actually, can you say that again? So I just want to make sure I understand. So the smart shopping campaign is falling under the performance max umbrella exactly. right now. So the smart the, yeah. If yeah, you have a ahead. smart shopping campaign today, that mm -hmm. will become automatically quote unquote upgraded. So Google calls these upgrades. Yeah, okay. It's really more of a migration, but we're not sure it's really an upgrade in terms of benefits. But yes, yeah, so you're being moved into Performance Max. And so because Performance Max is much more than shopping ads, it also includes YouTube, Gmail, Discovery ads, it includes all these other things. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because you're going from playing in a fairly narrowly defined field. Um, and, and just to set context again, if you go to Google, the search engine, you type in a product name, you're going to see text ads. And you're going to see little images with prices. Those, those are shopping ads. Um, and then, of course, if you go into Gmail, you're going to see some ads in there as well. If you go to YouTube, you see ads. If you go into Google Discovery, you'll see ads that look much more like what you see on Instagram. All of these other things, all of a sudden, also become available to you. So you're no longer just on Google search, but you're going into all of these other places as well. What? Okay, my brain just went. Phew. So now, and that's with the that's under this performance max. Um, that's performance max. Okay, so now you're not just in the like immediate world of Google, but you're basically parachuted out to any social media, entertainment, like all these different channels. Exactly, and so. I like how you said you're parachuted out, right? Because if you were playing this narrowly defined field of somebody came to Google, typed in a search and said, I want a pair of men's size 10 and a half sneakers. Well, you knew that's exactly what they wanted at that moment in time. So there's, we call that the moment of relevance. If you sell that thing in your Shopify store, well then show an ad for that because that is the opportunity to close that sale. 
but now when we're talking about showing your ad in Gmail and on YouTube videos, it's like it's more interruptive. It's more like social media advertising where the user wasn't thinking about, hey, I want to buy this thing. And, and maybe it's been in, their, in back in their minds for a couple of days. But I went to YouTube because I wanted to watch some amazing soccer goals being scored. And now you're interrupting me with these shoes. I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted. Um, and that's tricky, right? Because the way you yeah. treat those ads is very different from how you treat a search ad. Isn't that interesting, right? When you're, hmm, hey, it's like dating. When you're searching and you're scrolling on one of those dating apps and you're looking for attention, you are. But when you're at the bar and some guy approaches you and you're not in the market, you're like, eh, get away from me, right? <laughs> How funny is that for an analogy? But that's interesting because you're right. If I'm looking for a size seven blue suede high heel and I'm searching for it on Google and maybe I even have my credit card next to me and I'm in the mood to shop, my mindset is going to be totally different than, like you said, I want to go on YouTube and watch an unboxing video of, yeah, I don't know, some sort of tech product. I don't necessarily want to be like, you know, bothered, like, hey, check out these size seven blue suede shoes. But at the same time, you know how that goes. They say, you know, you might say, I think what did one of our guests in our last show shows said the average person maybe sometimes has like 60 touches before they right. make that purchase. So it's like, yeah, I may not buy them in that moment. And it might be like, eh, click out of this. But then I may be thinking about it the next afternoon because I did see it again. I don't know. And, and that's true. And by the way, anyone listening, so Marissa clearly wants size seven blue suede shoes. So <laughs> I send them to the invader office. Uh, and I want the size 10 and a half sneakers. Uh, I've got a lot of sneakers, <laughs> so you can send those to me. Uh, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, there's so many touch points and there's various statistics on this, but the, I mean, just how you live, think of yourself, right? Yeah. Phone, you're standing in line somewhere, you're interacting with something and then you get distracted. And then later on, you, you go through this process and there's a lot of research happening. Uh, and these touch points are really important. So you should be there, but then the question becomes, how much do you value that? And then, and then we get into attribution models. Right. Okay. Somebody was on Facebook and that got them to think about this thing. And then they researched it on Google. And then maybe they saw an ad for it on Twitter. And then they were playing Wordle on the New York Times and they saw another ad and then they bought it. Okay. So, how much credit does each of these pieces get? How much should you invest on Facebook, on the Google Display Network? And these are complicated questions. And that's sort of where tools like Optimizer come in. We'll show you um, across the different engines how much have you spent? How many conversions do they think they each got? And how do you shift budgets in response to that? But you still have to be cautious too, because Google will take credit for any interaction that led to a sale that came at any point through Google. And Facebook will do the same thing, right? But both of them mm. have credit, so you didn't actually sell that thing twice. Um, and that's where Google Analytics, for example, would come in, something that can look cross-channel, cross-platform. And then you can put in place your attribution model. You can say, okay, while we... We value things in the upper funnel, in the early stages of the consumer journey, very highly or very low. Uh, and by the way, a very specific tip, if you're selling something on Shopify that has a really well-known brand, then you probably don't need to invest quite as much in the early consumer journey. Uh, say that you're Adidas. Okay, people know Adidas sells shoes, so you don't necessarily have to be on the keyword sneakers with the Adidas brand. Um, right, because eventually they'll realize, oh, well, I should have also checked out the Adidas running shoes. Whereas if you have a no-known brand, a new brand in sneakers, you got to be on that generic keyword because if people don't realize, oh, there's this new brand that sells sneakers, 
at the very early stages, then they're not going to go down the journey and eventually decide they want to buy your shoes. By the way, I am listening carefully and any clients of Fred's uh, World Cup tickets would be appreciated as a client <laughs> or a, a gift. I can tell you're into soccer. You've mentioned that a couple of times. And Adidas, isn't that all day I dream of soccer? Isn't that what they said the uh, the acronym stands for? All day. I did not know that. that that's day, true. I dream of soccer. I dream, of soccer. I dream about soccer. A D I D A S. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of Adidas. Uh, Adidas sneakers. Adidas. I, I don't even. I Adidas. I think I used to say uh, Adidas, and then I heard people say Adidas. I'm like, well, which is it? Well, in the U.S., it's Adidas, I guess, but yeah. in Germany and Europe, it's Adidas. Adidas. All day, I dream about soccer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have yeah. a question for you about. Let's talk for just a minute about larger, more luxury or expensive or once in a lifetime brands. So just for a minute, just stepping away from, you know, a t-shirt or a pair of sneakers, talking about like a luxury vehicle or like a boat company, where do you see like the main difference when it comes to, you know, obviously using Google and maybe even performance max to promote their brand versus, you know, a smaller lesser yeah, I, mean, I think one of the key differences is going to be in the conversion lag or the time to conversion from the initial thought of i want to buy this thing mm -hmm. um with something like luxury vacations i think it may be more aspirational for many people than a pair of sneakers i mean every i, I run a lot so every six months i just need a new pair of sneakers um that is a fairly quick purchase for me because i know what i like i just need new ones mm -hmm. uh, something like hey i've been dreaming about renting or chartering a luxury yacht that's going to be many touch points um and so it's very different and, and, and that, that's where i think display advertising video advertising does come in handy because it's more like the traditional tv ads that we're all used to which I mean, why do people sell beer by showing beautiful people having a good time? Mm. I mean, it's, it's lifestyle. It's aspirational. I want to be that skinny and like be able to drink a lot of beer. <laughs> All right. When so, I drink beer, I get so bloated. I don't know how that even matches up on television. Oh, my God. No. Like, I can even, like three cans of sparkling water and I'm bloated. Like, how would you do that with beers? <laughs> Wait, this is interesting. I like the path we're going down just for a minute. It's just interesting to me. So, yes, video advertising is a lot more like. TV advertising, and it paints a picture. It shows a lifestyle, some shows that it, it's attainable with that brand. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and what's nice about video too on YouTube is it's much more targeted, right? So you get some of the same benefits of knowing who your audiences are. Um, and this wasn't really on the thing to talk about today, but another huge trend in digital advertising is the, the shift away from third-party data which means mm -hmm. a shift towards first-party data. Mm -hmm. And that's often very confusing, right? So if you're not like a full-time marketer, what does that mean? Well, a lot of the advertising that we've been able to do through social channels or on the display network has relied on the fact that there's third parties that aggregate data about who is Fred, who is Marissa, what do they care about? And so in today's session, you've heard us say a few things that seem to be personal to us. Um, but part of that is also being collected by visiting different websites. Okay, so I went to a website to look up soccer scores, and then I read something on the news about business. And so these profiles through a lot of third-party cookies are now being built up that say, oh, well, it looks like Fred is probably in this demographic bracket, and he cares about these things. So maybe the next time he's on this other website, let's show an ad for this thing that, based on the machine learning model, 
we think he's going to actually want to buy. Um, and, and so, and, and I'm thinking here of an, an example, right? So sometimes you see an ad and it's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I was talking to my friend about yesterday. Like, is Google, is Amazon, are they listening to me? It freaks me out. I just got to say that happened to me the other day about something super personal. And right. it was like an audible book came up and was like, you should listen to this book. I'm like, yes, I should. But that's a shame that you know that. Exactly. But it freaked me out because it was something so random that I've talked about with a girlfriend. So I'm like, how on? And then I'm like. So yeah. what's so creepy about that is not actually the fact that they could have been listening to you, which they probably aren't because they're not allowed to. But the machine learning models have gotten so good that they can predict sort of what you're going to be into before you even know it. So they have a profile on every person, you know, over a billion people in the world that are frequent users of all this, all these websites. And they know that, well, it's been six months since he last bought his running sneakers and there's all these other things. And Okay, it's probably time to show him an ad for that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like spot on. Mm. Um, but yeah, machine learning can do amazing things in terms of predicting behavior to the point that it's even like ahead of, like, I don't know what I'm going to think about yesterday, but Google probably already knows. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh, you are the OGG. You're proving it as we continue our talk. This is crazy. Well, let's shift to just you sharing with our audience some tips for e-commerce advertisers who really want to, you know, score a home run running their ads on Google. Are there a few tips or tricks you feel like would benefit, especially when we talk about Shopify store owners who are, you know, maybe one to $3 million in, in sales or revenue. They're not, you know, out of this world, but they're maybe doing a lot of things themselves and then maybe starting to employ some different apps and some automation tools. We can talk about automation tools as well, but anything you'd like to share in terms of a, a, some tips and insights on that? Yeah, you kind of alluded to it before. So uh, don't take a set it and forget it approach. That's kind of the trap that is easy to fall into. And it, it's not necessarily a horrendous trap because the machine learning and the automations have gotten so much better that they'll produce relatively average results. Um, but, but I, I just think as a business owner, you know, your categories, you know, your pro, uh, profit margins by category, you have an idea of what sales you're going to run. You understand seasonality specific to your products. Like one example is if you sell car batteries and automotive parts, you know, that the, the day of first frost, a lot of car batteries are going to die. So that's a good signal. That's probably when you should be increasing your budget on just car batteries and you should probably change how much you're willing to bid for those clicks um and here's the thing google can do the bidding for you automatically and they look at a lot of, a lot of signals about predicting the conversion rate so they'll say oh well it's a it's a monday your conversion rate's a little bit better so we're gonna like bid a little bit more mm -hmm. but what they don't or may not know is this first frost of the year sort of thing. And so you do, right? But you can go in and you can say, well, I'm going to double my, my target for my cost per acquisition because I know that I'm not actually going to pay twice as much because twice as many people as usual are going to convert. They're going to convert at twice the rate that's normally expected. Now, if you left it all up to Google, then you'd miss that opportunity. You, you'd sell the same number of car batteries and it's that wasted opportunity of that one really big day of the year. Um, and so th these are some of the mentalities you have to take. And then the other thing I would say is when you come to Google, they, they, they talk about automated bidding and they ask you, what is your goal? Is your goal to maximize conversion value uh, or is your goal to have a specific return on ad spend? 
And you might say, yeah, th those are pretty decent goals for me to have, but probably not actually really. Your goal is probably profit, profit maximization. If you maximize your conversion value, which is basically maximizing revenue, maybe that's your goal. But the way you optimize or you maximize revenue is by ending up with zero profit, right? If you're okay with that, if you don't want to take profit home at the end of the day on your $3 million a year Shopify store, then that's great because maybe you're building it up to sell it to someone, then that's great. Do mm, it. Okay. Right? Google's strategy is probably not exactly in line with yours. So now you have to think about, well, my profit, what, what drives my profit? What are my product margins? Are they different for different product lines? So maybe I want to split those two product lines into two different performance max campaigns, or I want to have even more control. I'm going to set up a traditional shopping campaign. And so you put these pieces together, but you always think in the back of your head, what is my actual real business goal? And how does that connect to the levers that Google gives me? Well, you are the right expert for this topic. I'll tell you, this is, this is like fascinating to me, especially coming from a consumer's point of view, just this idea that you can get a leg up on Google ads just by really knowing what your niche is, knowing your product inside and out. Like you mentioned the car battery thing. I just saw a commercial for a car battery the other day and I noticed it because I had auditioned for it and I didn't get it. And my background, for those of you new to the podcast, I do acting and, and TV hosting as well as this, this show. And what's funny is you're right. I don't think this is really like the optimal time of year to think about car batteries. But then again, you think sometimes summertime, sometimes heat, sometimes, you know, but that was a really good analogy uh, in terms of knowing your product, knowing that's when you know more than Google, right? For once, when you really know your product inside and outside like that, and you know um, a specific time of year is, is exactly when you see the sales spike naturally. Exactly. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, let's talk on the topic then and end our, our talk with the topic of automations. What are some of your favorite automations for advertisers on Google? Yeah, so I like to think about this concept of automation layering. And so the notion of the automation layering is that Google is investing so much money, so much engineering in being best in class with automated bidding. So I'm a fan of Google's automated bidding. It's really smart. It's also the only system in the world. Even if I try to build it in my company or someone else tried to build it, we cannot set a bid at the time that the search happens. The only company that can do that is Google. The time when the search happens, that's when there's so many additional signals. What was that user searching like literally before this? Hmm. What time of day? Like what other things have they done? What websites were they just on? These are all signals. That makes Google really good at automated bidding. So I really like automated bidding. Um, wait, but, what exactly? Wait, so I don't quite understand. What is automated bidding? Oh, so historically on Google, you would have said my maximum cost per click that I'm willing mm -hmm. to spend on a click is say $5. Okay. And then every click that comes in, Google would have said $5 bid, put that into the auction, and then they discount it to the lowest price that you needed to beat your next competitor. So you'd have a $5 bid, but you'd probably end up spending $4, $4.50. Um, but that, that's your bid for the next like five days until you go and change your bid. And that bid goes in for, um, and obviously you could have set this at the keyword level, mm -hmm. but even on a broad match keyword, if somebody searches exactly the same thing as your keyword, your $5 bid goes in. If somebody searches for something that's kind of related to your keyword, but not really, well, that still gets the $5 bid. And this is where it gets tricky because now the $5 bid 
for this loosely related thing. Again, let's go back to the, the, the shoes example here. If I'm looking for a size 10 and a half ultra boost 22 running shoe, um, that's very specific, right? So I want to have the bid that I, in my mind, think is the right one to pay for that click, which is likely going to lead to a conversion. Mm, okay. now, if somebody types in, what are the best running shoes in 2022? That's related from a broad match keyword. Google mm -hmm. could say, we're still going to show you your ad from your Ultra Boost 22 running shoe. But that's kind of upper funnel, early journey. Wait a minute. I just got to interrupt because I got a quick question about ethics. What if the Ultra Boost shoe really isn't like voted one of the top shoes? Is it up to Google to decide sometimes if they're going to show certain things based on keywords? <laughs> or does Google, or not or, or does Google have to have the documentation to back up like oh this is one of the best performing whatever no, so google, google wouldn't have to do that you as an advertiser if you wanted to make a claim that it was the best yes or the top rated then you'd be able, you'd have to back that claim up otherwise okay. they would reject yeah and so that's helpful to consumers because otherwise everybody would just claim we're the best yeah. we're the deepest or whatever yeah but from google's perspective it's much more about quote unquote same meaning so and, and there's relevance to that, right? I mean, if you're looking for what are the best running shoes, then that's kind of in the category of you sell running shoes. Therefore, that's probably a decent match. Where the problem comes in is that, yes, it's a decent match, but it's very early journey. It's still research and I'm maybe even deciding my brand. And so I'm not willing to pay $5 for that. But manual bidding, that $5 is the same for both of these early journey and late journey Mm, automated bidding gets across it and uh, automated bidding will say well we realize this is much earlier journey so the likelihood of a conversion is maybe only 10 percent of the other things so we're only going to bid 10 percent as much and then if you still get to click if it was still competitive great because you build incremental volume from that you build incremental conversions uh, but that's why it's so important to put in place automated bidding and then and here we get really technical now, but with automated bidding, you can use broad match keywords instead of exact match keywords, which are more, much more precise. Um, you'd have automated ad formats like responsive search ads, which are going to dynamically on the fly decide what to show to the user. And so all of these things kind of play together. And Google is going to say, well, what's the best way that we can get this user for this search and this mindset to actually see an ad that they want to engage with? And then once they come to your landing page, then it's your job to convert that, right? And that's where Shopify, then your Shopify store, yes. load really quickly, better have good layout, better have good navigation, better mm -hmm. have good product descriptions, because you know, all of these things, we don't think about them as PPC. But like if you're going to spend $5 to get that click and then you waste it, like that is an impact on PPC. And that means you can't bid as much as your competitor because you wasted that opportunity, which they may be uh, monetized. I'm glad you brought up Again, once you've got the click and they're on your page, the importance of your page being, you know, fantastic because two shows ago we had Ashland, a uh, wonderful guest on the show, and she talked about how the product page is often the most overlooked page in a Shopify store or on a website. So if you guys have a Shopify store, if you're having a hard time landing that conversion, but you are getting the click through, definitely have a listen to episode 90 with Ashland. That was definitely a really good, uh, very insightful show as well. All right. Well, listen, you just gave us a lot of insights in a short amount of time. I learned a lot of new stuff. You certainly solidified some things I kind of already knew about, but uh, certainly some eye-opening insights you've shared 
Are there any other things you'd like to share with us as we wrap up our talk today? Oh my God, there's so much. But I know there's so much. I think we have to have you back for a second show. I'm just putting it out there. There's a lot more I feel like we can talk about, even just some of what you just shared. I think we could do a whole show just on that. This is Yeah, there's so much more to unpack. But yeah. I mean, listen, the, the one thing, you can make a lot of money if you do digital advertising, right? And maybe the easiest way to make sure you're not completely messing it up is do an audit. And so Optimizer has an audit. There's many other tools that will do an audit for you. Um, and we'll point out some of these basic mistakes that too many advertisers make. You can fix those. You can see some success. And then as you get better and better, then you can think about maybe, hey, you want to pay for a tool, work with someone like Optimizer to, uh, to scale your campaign to that next level. Take it to the next level. Well, let's share with our audience how they can connect with Optimizer and also connect with you, especially if they feel like your insights today have been helpful in helping them grow and scale you guys can find Fred Valets on LinkedIn. His spelling of his name is Frederick Valets, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-V-A-L-L-A-E-Y-S. So search for Fred. Make sure if you connect with him, you drop him a note that you heard him on our podcast. We always encourage that and always be respectful when connecting with our guests. And then let's just talk quickly again about Optimizer and what the audience can find when they visit your website. I saw a button for a free demo and a trial or like an onboarding. What else can the audience find when they? Yeah, exactly. So we got a two week trial. It's full featured. So you'll get access to our automatic reporting. You have insights, audits, optimization. Obviously, that's where the name came from. And by the way, we have a funny spelling just like engage. Yes, uh, I will. You know what? I will spell that. It's O-P-T-M-Y-Z-R. Opt-my-Z-R. O-P-T-M-Y-Z-R.com. I'm glad you called that out because I'd seen it several times since we've been planning for our show today. And I... Yeah. That, that's a that's a bad podcast host moment that I didn't spell that for those of you. We, we just, you know, it's so hard to get the domain you want these days. So we had to take what we could get. Uh, but yeah, so optimizations, there's a lot of automation. And, and we really think about that concept of automation layering. So we layer really nicely on top of all of Google's best in class performance max, automated bidding. Uh, but we keep those systems honest. We supply them with a bit more information. We set alerts so that you know if the system isn't quite doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, save you a lot of money and hopefully make you a lot of extra money too with some of the suggestions we have. And of course, Optimizer Lite for those of you who are spending, was it $10,000 or yeah, less? Now is that a month? Monthly? Or? Month. Um, and for Microsoft Ads, so we haven't really talked about Microsoft Ads, but that's a really good opportunity as well. For that, it's unlimited. So uh, if you have a Microsoft Ads account, you don't want to quite pay yet. You can link that to Optimizer Lite. And uh, hmm. that one goes beyond audits. We'll even let you make some changes from the audit. So if we say like, hey, you, you got the wrong attribution model, here's one button if you accept it, and then we'll make the change for you directly in the Microsoft Ads platform. Fantastic. Well, Fred, I really enjoyed having you on today's show. This has been very insightful. And I do, I do think we might have to have you back in the future because I feel like we are just you know, scratching the tip of the iceberg, as they say, in terms of your knowledge and how you can help our audience with their Shopify store growth and scaling. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was great talking to you and I look forward to coming back. We'd love to have you back. Thank you so much, Fred. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer and we'll see you soon. What another incredible guest expert, an incredible show today. I mean, 
I didn't know what Performance Max was. Did you? I mean, many of you do own Shopify stores. Many of you obviously have brands that you've built out and you're looking for ways to grow and scale. You're already running Google ads or you've been wanting to. Maybe you've just been on social media. Maybe you're just diving into influencer campaigns. Maybe you haven't done Google ads. I feel like today was a really good way to talk more about how to do that the right way. And I think our biggest takeaway from Fred is obviously don't set it and forget it. That's not the right mentality. And a company like Optimizer can definitely help you not only get the most out of your Google ads, but with their audits and their tools, they can really help you to grow, scale, and be more profitable. So make sure you check out Optimizer. And again, for those of you watching on the video, popping the link up. For those of you listening, it's Optimizer, dot. Com. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you found Fred's insights helpful or beneficial, make sure you share the link to today's podcast with other colleagues or friends. And if you would like to be a guest on our show, maybe you're a Shopify store owner, an agency owner, maybe you have an app that you developed to help Shopify store owners, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email and I'll put that up, but it's Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot M at engage.com. Of course, that's N-G-A-G-G-E.com. And of course, look for us on LinkedIn. You can find our company page with the rainbow colored cog wheel and it's N-G-A-G-G-E. You can find our podcast there as well as we have a website. I'll share that with you quickly. It's easy. It's www.engage.com forward slash podcast dash library. You can find all the episodes of our shows, including Fred's, which is there now. So make sure you give us a listen and check out all of the the shows. There's some really great information there, especially in terms of e-commerce, digital marketing, growing, scaling, and promoting your brand to be more profitable. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And just one quick reminder to make sure you go to engage.com and take a look and give our app a free test drive. It's SMS messaging for Shopify stores. If you're not using SMS to grow and scale and connect with your consumers, you are missing out on a lot of business because we all know people are on their cell phones and they're answering their SMS and reading them more often than they're reading their emails these days. So take my word for it. I know I'm one of those people who's on my phone all day long. It's been a pleasure to see you and to host this show as always. Remember to connect with Frederick Valets on LinkedIn, and I'll see you next time for our next show. Have a great day, everybody.